0: Hey, thank you for logging into the Faith Community Bible Church podcast. It's our prayer that this podcast is not only a blessing to you, but a blessing to your entire family. Join us as we aim to make Christ known in the community. God bless. I have a say, man. If you need more time, man, we're gonna be reading from John, chapter eight, beginning at verse thirty. And the word of the Lord reads as follows. I'll be reading from the ESV. It says, As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham. Yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, "Abraham is our father." Jesus said to them, "If you were Abraham's children, you wouldn't be doing the you would be doing the works that Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me." A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works of your father. You are doing the works your father did, they said. Excuse me. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. I just read to you John chapter 8, verse 30 through 47. The word of the Lord is blessed. Let us go before the throne of grace. Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, that you have gathered here, gathered us here today, Lord, not by coincidence, but by your divine providence and plan, God. And I pray that everyone, Lord God, who's sitting here under the sound of my voice, God, I pray that you open their ears, Lord. Lord God, soften their hearts that they might receive the engrafted word, Lord. Lord God, strengthen them, Lord, that they might hear your word and run and do, and, and obey it, Lord. Father, I am able to do nothing of my own, Lord. I have no power. My words are empty and meaningless apart from you, Lord. Lord, have your way in this place, Lord. Use me, Lord, to speak your truth to your people, God. Lord, I pray for boldness. I pray, Lord, for faithfulness to your word. And I pray, Lord, God, that your people will hear your word and obey your word. And I pray, Lord, for anyone under the sound of my voice, Lord, who is not repentant of their sins and believed on the only name under heaven that they might be saved by. I pray, God, that you move on today and that you be merciful. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Let the church say, "Amen." Amen. Today, sermon. Today, I'm going to be speaking to you about the DNA of a disciple. The DNA. Of a disciple. In today's text, Jesus continues teaching in the temple. And throughout chapter 8, he's been teaching in the temple and telling the Jews who he was and teaching the truth about God's word. John begins our selected text by stating that some of the temple, some of the Jews in the temple believed what Jesus was saying. Jesus seeing this pressed into that. He pressed into this belief that they said that they had. You know, Jesus didn't just, Jesus just doesn't allow us to give a verbal confession, right? The Bible says that the Lord does what? Test our heart, right? He tests our hearts to see what's really in our hearts. So Jesus doesn't just let them get away with a verbal confession. He presses into that. And you could tell that by the following statement that he makes. And it reveals that everything wasn't as it seemed. As you read on from verse 30 and follow the exchange between Jesus and the Jews, you see that the Jews had a superficial faith and even claimed to be God's children. They claimed to be God's children, but Jesus corrects them and tells them who their real father is. The Jews suffered from a spiritual version of a physical problem that many in our community suffer from today. Because of the sexual revolutions of the 60s, with the cries of free love reverberating across the nation, we dare to kick down the boundary that God placed the gift of sex in, that boundary being marriage, right? We wanted to kick that off, God. We want to do things our way. And because of this, there are many children who grow up not knowing who their father is and suffering from an identity crisis and abandonment issues. Among other issues, that is the result of the fallout from that era. Because of this, we have things like Murray, right? How many of you know about the Murray Show, right? Which exploits this issue for the entertainment of masses and offer, offers DNA testing to find out who the father of these abandoned children are. And the Jews, likewise, didn't really know who their father was just like many of us today. Suffering from an identity crisis, many are confused and not aware of the path that they are on. Thankfully, Jesus doesn't leave them in this state. And like Murray, he offers a DNA test. Today, we're going to do a spiritual DNA test. We're going to find out who your true father is. And how do we find out? Our main point for today is disciples abide in God's word. So now we're going we're to dive into our spiritual DNA test. And the first point that I want to bring to your attention is that disciples continue in God's word. Now, as we look at this text, and as I said in my introduction, even though John tells us that the Jews believe, Jesus didn't accept that. But he pressed into that, right? And so the next statement he made reveals a lot about what was really going in their hearts. And it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And we see by their answer that um, they didn't didn't like that, right? They didn't appreciate that statement. And so my first point speaks to that. Disciples, the DNA of a true disciple is continuing in God's word. It's not just your verbal confession. It's not just coming up to sh- shake the pastor's hand. It's not just being religious, but it's continuing in God's word. Does look, The first question on my DNA analysis is, does Christ's word find a place in you? Like, does Christ's word really find a place in you? Like, I know you can hide behind your religion and and your practices and, you know, your prayers and your religious observances, but does Christ's word really find a place in you? Because we see from the reaction of these Jews that they weren't trying to hear that, right? Right, what what, what do we used to do, the hand? You know, talk to the hand? That's what they said, Jesus, you could talk to our hand because, look, we're children of Abraham, man. What are you talking about? we know who we are we know our heritage and that proved that the very thing that Jesus said was true they weren't abiding in the word of the Lord because if they were they would receive Jesus's teaching my second question on my spiritual DNA analysis is do the teachings of Christ bring you peace or cause your blood to boil many times Through reading the word or hearing preaching, we hear things that upset us. What? Did the preacher really say that? But if you think that's something, read through the gospels and see the things that Jesus said. A lot of the teachers, they they weren't even able to receive because they didn't know him. They They didn't know who their father was. They didn't take a spiritual DNA test to realize that their true father was Satan. So do the teachings of Christ bring you peace or cause your blood to boil? There are so many different teachings in in scripture. And a lot of times we treat it like a spiritual buffet, right? I'll take a little of this, a lot of that, but none of that. You can keep that, Jesus. I'm not trying to hear that. And that's how we respond to the word of God. We have to be like the prophet. God told him to eat the whole scroll. And it was sweet going down. But once it got into his stomach and he began to digest it and really understand the truth of it, it began to upset him. And that's how the word of God is. When we hear about the joy of the good news and the gospel of peace and that God has delivered us from sin, but then when we begin to think about it, that means I got to give up old boy. That means I got to stop calling old girl. That means I got to stop having late nights. That means that I got to stop lying to my boss about why I'm late or calling off that upsets me there are so many different teachings and that's a whole nother sermon that I could go into but we reject because it doesn't align with our worldview it's not comfortable to our flesh so we just disregard that and that's what the Jews were doing today because Jesus was teaching them the very words of God because that's who he is right Next question, does the word of God change us, or do we attempt to change it to suit us? This goes all the way back to Genesis. In the beginning, where Satan asked Eve, did God really say that? How many times do we ask that question of Scripture? Won't we even bother to pick it up and read it? Or when not we even bother to come to Bible study? And we hear the true teachings of God, and, you know, the pastor or the teacher breaks it down for us. How many times do we say in our mind, did God really say that? Does God really mean that? Just like the serpent asked Eve. And so what do we do with those doctrines that's uncomfortable for us? We excuse them off, or we try to change them. We try to change the word of God to fit our worldview, to fit our comfort zone. But those who are true disciples of Christ submit to all the teachings. To the whole buffet of the word of God. Not just what you want. Not just what tastes good to you. Not just what's comfortable to you. But you receive the whole buffet. The whole role. That leads into my second point. Disciples learn the truth of God's word. As disciples, it's not just our job to, you know, be religious and come to church and you know, do all those religious activities, but our job is to learn the truth of God's word and not just learn it for the sake of learning it because the Bible says that much knowledge builds up pride. It, 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 it causes you to boast in your knowledge. But are you living that knowledge? Are you applying that knowledge to your life on a daily basis? You can know all the doctrines. You can know all the creeds. You can know all of these things, but if you're not applying them to your life, you're still not a disciple. You just have knowledge. I know people that's out there in the street that can quote the Bible from front to back, but they don't live it. They don't apply it to to their lives. Part of being a disciple is applying the Word of God to your life. Jesus is the truth, and all who follow him follow the truth, right? Even when it's uncomfortable. I've seen some uncomfortable truths in the Word of God. But as a disciple, you have to submit to it, right? Because I had some thoughts and ideas and worldviews that didn't quite align with scripture, and we all do, right? Because the Bible says that we're born in sin and shaping in iniquity. You see, we try to make God into our image instead of being conformed to his image. And that's called idolatry, right? It's not just having statues on your fireplace and bowing down to them, but you make idols in your heart. And the biggest idol is ourselves. We are our biggest idol. And anything that the Lord commands us to do that doesn't feel right to us, that's uncomfortable for us, that goes against our creeds and our mottos, we toss them out the window. That's idolatry. That is idolatry. And we must repent of that. John 14 and 6, Jesus tells his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and any man that desires to go to the Father must go through him. And John tells us in chapter 1 that he came full of truth and grace. Or I might have flipped that around, grace and truth. But they're both important, right? Because we want to major in grace, but minor in truth, Right? Oh, God, give me your grace. Give me your grace. Rain down on me, grace. But when it comes to truth, oh, I don't want that. That don't taste good. That means I got to change some things in my life. That means I got to start answering some phone calls from people who's calling me to try to check up on me. That means that I got to be truthful to people about what I'm doing behind closed doors. That means that I got to walk in the light. I can't hide in darkness any longer. Many of us think that repentance is just bowing down our knees to God and saying, I'm sorry with tears in our eyes. But I'm sorry to tell you, repentance means a change of mind. It's a lifestyle, right? Because we come in with a mind full of sin. And so when we come in into the kingdom of light, when we start to follow Jesus, we have to have our whole mindset changed. And we do that by learning the truth. And as it changes our mindset, that means it's going to change the way that we live. Right? And so it's important for us to learn the truth of God's word and to follow it. To reject truth like the Jews did is to reject Christ, which is a rejection of the Father. If you don't have Christ, you don't have the Father. There are so many false religions out here who claim to know the Father, who claim to serve God, but they reject Christ or they create a Christ that's not even the Christ of the scriptures. They create their own Christ. And so they don't have the Father. All they have is empty religion. In verses 40 and 45 in our text. Jesus said, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. And when we reject the truth and when we reject Christ, we're just like them. We're we're trying to crucify Christ all over again. We're trying to destroy him and get him out of our lives. Because we want to accept the meek and mild Jesus, right? And this is Advent season, right? So people have an image of a baby Jesus, right? And that's the Jesus we want to accept, the sweet little baby Jesus who can't correct us, the sweet little baby Jesus who can't tell, point out our sins, the sweet little baby Jesus who's going to just let us do whatever we want and live however we want. I'm, I'm sorry, but Jesus is a grown man. Jesus is a king. He's the exalted king. He's seated in majesty, and he's lifted up high. And he sees everything. The book of Revelation says he has eyes like fire. He sees everything. There's nothing that we can hide from him. And so while you seek to serve the sweet, meek, and mild baby Jesus, there's a full-grown Jesus who sees all that you do and who's ready to cut you down if you don't repent and turn to him. We live in an age where men reject the truth to believe in lies that comfort them and make their carnal minds happy. Paul talks about that in 2 Timothy. Could you pull that text up for me? 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3. It says, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, Right? And we see this today. We look at some churches and listen to what they're teaching, and we're like, how, how do they have stadiums filled up? Whole stadiums filled up of people that's listening to li- nonsense and lies because they have itching ears, and that's the teachers they want to go after, right? There would be no false teacher if there weren't people with itching ears because there will be nobody there to listen to them. And so they they reject the truth and believe in lies, and we are living in that time now. Where if you speak the truth, people will call you all kind of names. You, you don't understand. You, 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 you're you old school. You ain't with today's time. You got to get with the culture. They say all these things, but the truth of God doesn't change. Amen. The truth of God is a rock. And Jesus said, if you if you build your house on this rock, no matter what comes, your house will not be washed away. But so many people are building their houses on sand because it's comfortable to them, right? How many of you have walked on rock barefooted? I walked on concrete barefooted at the pool, and I hate that, especially when it's hot, right? It burns your feet. But when sand is cool and comfortable, it's nice to walk on, right? And we build our houses on sand, but sand has no solid foundation. It shifts. Just like false teachers in that doctrine, is shift to suit the, the times of the culture. There used to be a time where even false teachers would preach against homosexuality. But guess what? Now since the culture has changed, now oh, we got to accept that. We have to stand on truth. And as true disciples, if you, if you are a true disciple, your DNA ought to be to stand on the truth. And my third point, disciples are freed by God's word. Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You won't be bound to sin any longer. You won't be bound to those habits any longer. Why is it that we can't be delivered from sin? Why is it that we keep going around the same mountain? Why do we keep going in these circles? Because we don't want to know the truth. The only way to be free is to know the truth, to accept the truth, and to walk in the truth. Jesus said in John 17 and 17 in his high priestly prayer as he was preparing to offer up his body as a sacrifice for our sins, he said, Lord, keep them in thy word. Thy word is the truth. If we want to know the truth, it's right here. We don't have to go from profit line, the profit line. We don't have to, you know, go pick up every book that Oprah tell us to pick up, right? We don't have to go do all these things because we already have the truth. And the truth is what ought to guide our lives. The truth will make you free. Real freedom is not being enslaved to sin and its every whim. See, in our carnal mind, we think freedom is just being able to go all out and do whatever we want to do, right? Party all night, do whatever we want to do. That's not true freedom. You're a slave to your lust. You're a slave to your passions. You're a slave to sin, and you think it's freedom, but you're a slave, and the Jews couldn't accept that, and it's funny because ever since God sent judgment on them, they've always had somebody occupying their land, and At this point in time, it was the Romans. So it's kind of funny that they were occupied by Romans, but they said they were free. See, they tried to appeal to their heritage. Oh, we're of Abraham. What are you talking about? We're free. And we try to appeal to that too, right? Well, my great-great-grandma prayed for me every day, Pastor, so I don't know what you're talking about. I'm free. I always went to Sunday school. What are you talking about? I don't need to be free. I'm free already. And then what do we do? We point to blessings. Man, God has blessed me with all this. What are you talking about? Your blessings don't determine your freedom in Christ. The Bible says that God reigns on the just and the unjust. So just because you're receiving blessings from God don't mean that you're free. The Bible says that his kindness is to lead us to repentance. Repentance. He's kind to us to lead us to repentance. Not so we can run around saying that we're free just because we got all these things. True freedom is in Christ. We find our true freedom and identity in the one who created us and frees us from sin and darkness when we truly believe and follow him. True freedom is not found in anything or any other than Christ. I can't free you. The person next to you can't free you. The president can't free you. Money can't free you. Possessions can't free you. The only thing that can free you is Jesus Christ. But are you a slave? Do you recognize that you're a slave to your passions, to your lusts, to your possessions? Our spiritual identity is not determined by empty religion, our heritage, our any spiritual claims. The Jews tried to use these as an excuse for rejecting the truth from Jesus. But they sadly found out that their father was really Satan because they did the same things as him. Check your spiritual DNA, folks. Are you still coming to church but you're still lying? You're still going after your own lust and desires. Just because you come to church, just because you were baptized, just because you open your mouth to make a profession does not mean that you've been free, does not mean that you're a disciple. True disciples continue in God's word. Many of us today do these same things and we believe that we're children of God. How many times have you heard somebody say, we're all God's children? That's a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says in John that those who believed in him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Yeah. You don't get adopted into God's family until you believe, till you repent of your sins and surrender your ways and follow Christ. Come on, bro. Come on. Other than that, you're a child of Satan. Yeah. Yeah. So who is your real father today? What is the DNA test going to tell us? Many today may hear my words and lose heart because we often fail to obey God. But I want to leave you with good news today. I don't want to leave you with a heavy heart. I want to leave you with good news because that's what I'm here for, to preach the good news, right? Yeah. yeah. We have an advocate with the Father. The Lord Jesus himself who took our failings, took our sins and grief to Calvary and nailed them to the cross. Ain't that something to get excited about? Amen. 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 When he comes back to judge, we don't have to be fearful because if we trust in him and believe in him, he takes all of our failings, all of our sins, and he nailed them to Calvary's cross. The Bible says he gives us a new heart. If we by faith believe on him and repent of our sins and follow him, not only will he wipe your slate clean, but Philippians 2 and 3 tells us that it is God who works in us both to will and to obey. So you don't have to be stuck with your sinful mindset and your sinful heart, right? Because our, our heart is wicked. Jeremiah 17 tells us that our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. So when someone tells you to follow your heart, you throw that advice right out the window, right? We follow the truth of God's word. Don't follow your heart. Your heart deceives you because it wants things of this world. John tells us in 1 John that the only things that are in the world are the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Our heart lusts after everything that we see. We want to accumulate possessions, and we want everyone to worship us because we got on the finest attire. We drive the coolest car. We have the biggest house, right? That's what our heart wants. Don't follow your heart. Follow the truth of God's word. But God won't leave you in that state. He'll give you a new heart. He'll give you a new mind to not only to want to follow him, because how many, want to, how many of us want to follow him, but we're like, Paul, when I will to do good, evil, right here on my side, like, bro, check this out. Yeah. Right? We see the good in front of us, but the evil is right behind us. Man, look, You just, just fulfill your flesh this one time. Nobody will know just do your own thing this one time, nobody will find out. Nobody's looking. It'll be our secret. But like I said, God sees everything, and he's coming back to judge the living and the dead. We may stumble and fall at times and lose our way, but Jesus promised that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And he's always making intercession for his people at the right hand of the Father. So many of you may be sitting here today and you feel like a failure. You feel like you failed God. You made a confession. You promised Jesus that you would follow him, but somewhere along the the way you fell in the ditch. You made a wrong turn. You stepped off the path. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is making intercession for you. And all you have to do is confess your sins. And the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Ain't that good news today? God doesn't leave us where we are, thank God. But he gives us a way out. Jesus is that way out. And if you want to be a true disciple, then you must abide in his word. And he doesn't just leave it up to us in our own strength to do it, but he empowers us with his Holy Spirit to obey him and to live a life that's pleasing to him. Let us pray. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your truth.